Welcome back to the Live the Legacy podcast, a project brought to you by the Andrew Goodman Foundation. I'm your host, Mo Banks, and as always, we've got a great episode for y'all this week. Today, I'm joined by Hannah Williams, an Andrew Goodman ambassador at Cutstown University. Hannah is majoring in political science with paralegal studies and minoring in sociology. They plan to work as a paralegal in the field of environmental law and possibly attend law school to become an attorney in the specialty. Hannah is passionate about civil rights, environmental protection, and LGBTQ rights, and they hope to encourage students to vote intentionally and effectively. Besides their school activities, Hannah enjoys playing Nintendo Switch games and taking care of their beloved cat, Sylvia. I hope that y'all enjoy this episode, and as always, if you'll go ahead and, and leave a review or rate or subscribe, it helps other people find our podcast that much easier. So without further ado, let's jump into this week's interview. So my name is Hannah Williams. I also go by Han for short. Um, my pronouns are they, them. Um, I'm a Vote Everywhere ambassador here at Kutztown University. And yeah, I mean, I'm just, I'm just happy to be trying to do my best here. Yeah, <laughs> There's yeah. a lot of work to be done. And I'm, I'm working through it. Absolutely. Shout out to um, a fellow non-binary person. I'm so glad to have you on the podcast. We're holding it down for the they thems out there. Yeah. Shout out <laughs> they thems everywhere. <laughs> Shout out to the they thems everywhere. That's what that's what <laughs> this episode, honestly. Okay. <laughs> I'm just naming it right now. Um, it's so cool to have you here. Um, did you say what your major was? Did I miss that? I'm sorry, I forgot to mention. Um, my major is political science with paralegal studies, and I'm minoring in sociology. Okay, so are we yeah. like thinking like lawyer track? Possibly. I'm not a hundred percent sure. I think right now my plan is to, after I graduate, kind of work as a paralegal for a little bit, and then decide whether or not I want to go to law school. Because the idea of being a lawyer sounds really cool, but I don't want to drop out of law school. And have law school debt without lawyer money. <laughs> a practical thinker. I appreciate yeah. that. <laughs> Which is probably what's going to make you a great lawyer. <laughs> right, right. This is all, I, I have to overthink everything. But yeah. yeah, no, that's kind of my plan for right now. Cool. Well, I appreciate you um, hopping on the, the podcast with us this week. Um, you know, and you know, I was kind of chatting with you before we started recording about the context for this season, which is all about talking to young voters, um, and you yourself are a young voter. You are part of our Andrew Goodman um, Vote Everywhere program. And so I love to start all of the interviews this season by like couching the conversation in the story of Andrew Goodman, because that's what our um, whole organization is about. And we're here to live the legacy. And that's, you know, shout out to the name of the podcast as well. So can you just kind of tell us? Do you remember the first time you heard the story of Andrew Goodman? Um, and how did that impact you? Did it also, did it want you to become an ambassador or did you learn about the story after you had signed up? Kind of like, tell us about your journey with that. So for me, I didn't, I didn't hear about Andrew Goodman's story until I saw that I could apply to the vote everywhere position. So then I was like doing my like pro- little preliminary research and 
then I learned the story and I was like, it, it was really impactful in that I was like, oh, I have to get this job. You know what I mean? Like this, I have to be continuing this work. Um, like the idea of like seeing a moral wrong, like seeing people who are unable to vote or being, um, what's the word? Barred from voting effectively. And then actually doing something about it is very like, like that means something to me. I, I need to, I feel like I need to be doing things as well. You know what I mean? And so, yeah, I, that was, it was like, it was inspirational very deeply for me. Yeah, Just, absolutely. I remember the first time I heard it uh, and I was also deeply impacted. I, I was kind of similar to you where I was, I fell across this job posting and then I learned about it. Um, and then I was like, oh, wait, this is like really cool. Um, I don't know a lot of organizations who have founded their story in something that's so rooted in justice and in, in moving, you know, that, that arc of justice forward. Um, while openly acknowledging the the racist systems that are involved in voter suppression, not just 50, 60 years ago, but today. Um, so that, that was a huge impact on me. And that it's, it's cool to hear that no matter, like the, the folks who, you know, I have the pleasure of interviewing this season for the podcast, it seems like that's a very common theme of, they hear the story, they're like, yo, I can vibe with this. Let's do this work it just, it just gives me hope that young people are so interested in that. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think, I think for a lot of young people too, it's like, we see these problems, but we have no idea how to start fixing them. You know what I mean? And it it just feels overwhelming because it's like these massive systems that are going to take a while to be dismantled and nobody's doing anything about it. And we don't know how to start, you know what I mean? So it, it can kind of just lead to that that apathy of just like, oh, well, why bother if nothing's ever going to change? You know what I mean? If things have been like this for this long, like, why even bother trying to fix it? Let's just, let's just deal with it. Yeah. So is that what kind of got you into wanting to become an ambassador? And like, what, like what drives your passion for civic engagement? I know as like a college student, you probably have like a billion other things you could be doing, but you are like passionately talking about voting rights. Like, how did that happen? For me, I've been I've been pretty involved politically since like a little bit before 2020. And that was kind of that was a time for a lot of young people as well, where it was like, oh, these are the things that are really happening right now. Like with um, George Floyd's murder, like that was like that that was a moment in time where it was like, oh, we need to do something. You know what I mean? And so then from there, I just kind of I noticed like amongst like friends and peers, whenever the topic of voting came up, it was always like, oh, it doesn't really matter. Oh, why should I vote? And it, it, it's so difficult to try and get people to understand why it's important because I get how it can feel like it's not. Like in in a, such a big country, like why does my vote matter? But like when, when people start thinking collectively, like of course it matters, you know what I mean? And of course, if every young person is thinking, why should I vote? Then none of us are voting. And then that's why, like, politicians don't really care what we have to say because we're not voting for them. It's kind of a, a cycle. And I I was just so, like, deeply frustrated by some of what my friends were saying, like, back in high school, where they would be like, oh, 
I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna like vote for like some random third party person so that like, like it doesn't matter. And then it was like, no, like, <laughs> you like, you have to make sure that you're voting for what you actually believe in. Like, there, there's a reason that we have this system. And while it's not perfect, like, not voting isn't helping. Like, I think, and I think that was another thing that was frustrating was some people thought that like not voting was like an act of active protest but it's not it's just not and like that doesn't help anybody it's what they want <laughs> you know what I mean yeah <laughs> absolutely if I yeah I don't know so for me it was just kind of seeing a lot of people who didn't understand the importance of actually being civically engaged who thought like oh if I just like sign petitions and like post stuff on Instagram like then the problems will get solved like like I said, like there's work to be done and like young people need to start doing it. (laughs) Yeah. That's that's what kind of got me into this. And it kind of seems like young people are starting to like, we've seen a huge spike in numbers of young voters, like actually going to the polls. Um, I mean, you're a young person. What's something like, what, what are the true issues that you and your peers are caring about so much that we're seeing this huge spike in voter turnout? In young folks? I think one of the biggest things, especially for this midterm, was the overturning of Roe v. Wade. I know at least a lot of my a lot of my friends with uteruses were very, very scared of what the future could look like, especially because here in Pennsylvania, we still have a right to an abortion. But if it would have gone to a certain governor, we would have almost assuredly lost that right. And that was a very like scary reality. And it was like, okay, do you like, do you want to maintain your rights? If so, you should vote. You know what I mean? It's like, it's a very straightforward thing. I think another thing was like, just seeing like the the candidates that were up for election in Pennsylvania. That's all I, those are the elections that I can really speak to. Um, Like here in Pennsylvania, some of the candidates were just so incredibly radical that it was like, okay, we like we have to do everything we can to stop this person. You know what I mean? And like, I don't know. And I think, but I think a lot of it is, is really just Roe v. Wade. Of course, there's the like looming issues of climate change that seem to always somehow fall in the background when it's like the main issue that everybody should be talking about. Um, but yeah, yeah, I think, I'm trying to think of anything else, but I think that's really, that was really what a lot of people were talking about the most Yeah, was their reproductive rights. It was a huge deal. I mean, it was like a shattering news. And I think that motivated a lot of people to get out. Um, yeah. But I love, I love what you said about climate change somehow keeps getting pushed to the, the back burner when it should be literally like our, our planet needs to still be here. <laughs> <laughs> right. None of these issues are going to matter if like, I don't know the world ends like it's just right if we're talking about like Maslow's hierarchy of needs I think earth existing is at the bottom I think that's the foundation yeah I feel like that should be more of a concern um which you we could probably chat all day of why it gets put to the back because of the big oil companies pay for it to not be at the forefront of everybody's mind right it also seems like it's something that the younger generation is painfully aware of because it's going to impact y'all to a higher degree than it's impacting the, the high, you know, the older generations. Um, oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I couldn't tell you how many people I know who 
don't even want to have kids because they're like the planet's not even going to be here and if it is those kids are going to be like climate refugees you know what i mean yeah. and it, it's just like why would i why would i put somebody in that position mm-hmm. which sucks that's so deeply upsetting but also i can't blame them for saying that yeah because it's I, it would be unrealistic to think otherwise based on how things are going right it's 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 definitely tragic because that should not be the case and i think that you know among you know safe access to abortion um climate change has really seemed to be at the forefront of young voters minds the most because it's so it's such an important issue um and i love that y'all are are refusing to let folks forget about it um because it's just we there needs to be like tangible change in a really fast way for sure um so, you know, we're talking about young voters. We're talking about getting out the vote. You're talking to your peers. You know, things are things are moving um, in a way. Oh, I'm, I'm so sorry. I completely forgot to mention a huge part of the, of the thing. Um, LGBTQ rights. That's yeah. another thing that, like, seeing politicians across the country who are, like, attacking trans people just for existing, like, especially for me, like a lot of my friends are trans, non-binary, or they're, they're LGBT in some other capacity. You know what I mean? Like, those are my people. Like, and we all care a lot about one, being able to marry who we want to marry (laughs) and two, having a right to exist. Like, and so seeing that, like, that's another aspect of like the, some of the radical like politicians that we've seen who are talking about like, oh, no, we can't have, like, people teaching transgender in our schools. And it's like, what are you talking about? Like, it, it's so disheartening. And I think that was really motivating for a lot of people. Yeah, absolutely. And that was one of the reasons I, I wanted to talk to you. And there's a couple of your peers as well who identify as being a part of the LGBTQ community because we've seen unprecedented attacks, like unprecedented amount of legislation being passed into actual laws that yeah. are being people like you and me who who just want to literally exist. Like I want to just <laughs> right. up. I want to drink way too much coffee. I want to go to work. <laughs> you know, like I I just I want to chill. I want to vibe. But like they're like, no. <laughs> um, right. You can't. And I'm like, that doesn't seem right. It just it's just <laughs> wild to me. And I come from, you know, I just moved out of the state of Arkansas. And they, they passed an anti-trans bill there. Well, actually like two or three anti-trans bills there in 2021. And um, it became untenable for us to continue to live there, me and my family, because it, it wasn't safe. And it's like, even if the, there's lawsuits who are, you know, in place that are trying to stop these horrendous laws, the message is still very clear. And like the harm has already been done. And the, you right. know, it's clear that, you know, we're not wanted in these communities and it's just so disheartening. And, you know, I imagine as a young person who is so, you know, has, it sounds like you have lots of folks in your life who are also identify in that with the community. Mm-hmm. I imagine it's, it's, it has to be a hugely motivating factor to get out there and make your voice heard against such hate um, cause that's, that's yeah. it and it's obviously translating into real life, um, consequences with, you know, attacks at drag brunches and obviously the horrible and deeply disheartening 
shooting at the at the um club in Colorado that that hate and those things that the legislators are trying to pass is impacting us on a real basis so it's important that we have space like this podcast to talk about these issues um and so I'm glad that you brought that up yeah no absolutely I mean yeah no like you said I think it's just it's absolutely un unprecedented how far this this like on the books hate has been happening you know what I mean like how how can this just happen and it's like well because our elected officials are approving it and so that's like oh so maybe we should elect different people you know it as much as it is absolutely like you said disheartening I don't know any other word besides just like like gut-wrenching to see all of this all of these people who were like, yeah, I don't, I don't like, I just, just spewing hate really. Yeah. And then it's being written into law. It's like, it like, it like, it sucks that it's happening, but also like if it's getting young people to finally vote, like there, that's, that's the, um, that's the silver lining at least. You know what I mean? Is like, maybe, maybe <laughs> it shouldn't take that much, but I'm glad that people are finally paying attention. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's, it seems pretty clear, like young people, you know, and this is kind of like the next question that I was going to, you know, jump right into. So this is probably the perfect segue, but it seems as though there's always this, these misconceptions about from like older generations um, who talk about young voters in a certain way that's just simply not true anymore. And it, I think it was, you know, I think it was true whenever I was considered a young voter. I'm in my thirties now. And I think that while there was, obviously there's always a groups within, like no, no group is a monolith, but for, you know, mm-hmm. a large majority, we, we didn't go to the polls in the ways that we should. I think your generation is showing us up and they really made your <laughs> way. So if you had to, you know, if you wanted to say something to older generations who might be listening to this podcast about young voters, like, what do you want them to know? I would say, like, one of the biggest things to kind of understand about us is that we don't have the same, like, seeming, like, dogmatic faith in the existing institutions that older generations have. We don't care about the status quo, especially when it's not working. Like, we want change. We want positive change. And we don't care if it if it's like, oh, but but the but it's been like this for so long. Like it doesn't matter to us. You know what I mean? Like we we want people to be happy. <laughs> we want good outcomes. And there's not as much of a um as much of a consideration for like how it's been or like what things are like now. You know what I mean? And sometimes it, it might seem a little radical to older generations. And I think to an extent it is. But I think it's also necessary. I mean, if we've been dealing with racism in this country since before the country was founded, maybe we have to really change things to fix it. Maybe we can't just like sit around and wait for things to heal themselves because that hasn't been working. You know what I mean? But yeah, I don't know. I think I think old, older generations will see like young voters as radical. And I think that we are. But I think it's justified considering the world that we're living in yeah, i don't think it's a bad thing <laughs> yeah we need we need radical change like things things aren't going to change unless something changes 
Um, you can't keep right. trying to do they, like the same thing and expecting a different outcome. So if y'all are labeled yeah. as radical, I don't know if that's necessarily a bad thing. I hope that that continues. Um, yeah, we need absolutely. some fresh energy in our democracy, I think. What's something that's been giving you hope recently? And that could be anything. I think one of the things, because I mean, this is just something that like just kind of happened. So that's why it's like on my mind still. But I I was working with um, the Campus Vote Project to phone bank for the Georgia runoffs. And I've, I had never phone banked before. And let me tell you, it's it's a rough time. <laughs> it yeah. takes some getting used to. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> but then once you, once you get into the groove of it, you're like, oh, okay, this is like, it's not it's not that deep. It's really just calling people. Um, but I, especially like when you have it, when you have like social anxiety, it's like, Oh God, these people are going to hate me. And then it's like, okay, I don't see these people. I don't live in Georgia. I don't care. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but there was, there was a lot of, a lot of like young people participating from across the country who were phone banking for Georgia and then seeing the, the relatively high runoff turnout, like, that was that was really like inspiring to me because it's like this is gonna be the like the third time this year that people in Georgia will have voted, and yet they're still going out and doing it. Yeah, and Huge even out to Georgia voters. Yes, like they they came through, and I think a lot of the conversations that I had when I was like calling people, like a lot of it was just like, please don't call me again. And it's like okay, but <laughs> some people were genuinely like yeah no I already voted like I already told my friends and family like and I'm like oh my god like that's great like it's just so nice seeing other people that care um and of course there were always people who had like had a little sense of humor somebody like answered the phone they were like wait there's another election I was like oh my god yeah and then I started explaining it and she was like no I'm just kidding I already voted (laughs) (laughs) and I'm like man okay (laughs) thank you Oh, I love that. So there's hope yeah. knowing that other people out there care. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. For sure. And, and I think... Yeah, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> I, think, I think it's also, like, it's, it's just nice seeing other people that... I don't, I don't know how to explain it. Like, other people who are just average people. They're not, like, big voter people. Like, like you and I, you know what I mean? They don't make this their whole life, but they still care about it a lot. And I think it's... I think it's just really nice to see that, like, all, all, everybody cares at least a little bit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Sometimes it can feel like they don't. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes, yeah, sometimes they might not. But I think right up when it matters and participating in our democracy when you have the chance to, um, it's, it's really cool to see when folks choose to do that. Um, which is like, you know, I loved, I loved the concept of this season because I, I was talking to folks who, um, aren't superstars in the voting rights world. We're just regular people, young people chatting together about our democracy and mm-hmm. about voting. And um, that's cool. That's I, I want more of that out in the world. So I appreciate your time. Before we close out, uh, are there any shout outs you want to give? Any like, are we wanting folks to follow your Vote Everywhere team on social media? Like just anything you want to add before... We, we end our time together. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we're 
we are actually on on our campus. We're part of the community outreach center, and we kind of want to highlight just that whole Instagram because we also have other like service opportunities where we interact with the local community as well. Um, and I think just getting some more eyes on that and seeing more people who want to help out in their in, in the local Kutztown community that would be great. Um, the Instagram for that is Kutztown underscore coc. Um, so Kutztown is K U T Z T O W N. Cool. Make sure to put that in the show notes too, so people can just click right on it. Awesome. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, of course. Is is there anything else? Shout out, shout out young people. Shout out they, them. Um, (laughs) We love you all. (laughs) I love that. Well, thank you, Anne, for being on today. Uh, I really appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. This was so fun. This concludes this week's episode of the Live the Legacy podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Once again, if you enjoyed this episode or any of the other episodes, please consider leaving us a review, rating us, or becoming a subscriber. All of those things help other people find our podcast that much easier. A special shout out to Tabik Music for all of the music that you heard on today's episode. Once again, this has been your host, Mo Banks with the Andrew Goodman Foundation. Thank you so much for listening.